Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're visiting with our friends from Crow Wing County. We have Crow Wing County Administrative Services Director Debbie Erickson with us and Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle. Folks, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, we're we're into the home stretch of the election, aren't we, Debbie? Yes, we are. We're almost there. Yeah. So at this late uh, date, with about a week, uh, less than a week to go, what do our listeners need to know? So there are a couple of things I want to make sure that everybody is aware of. There's still different ways that people can vote as we're leading up to November 8th. First of all, anybody who wants to does still have the option to vote by absentee ballot. Our early voting station is open at the historic courthouse. We'll be open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Additionally, we'll be open tomorrow, November 3rd, until 7 p.m. for anybody who needs to vote. Mm. And then again on Saturday, November 5th, we'll be open from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. That gives those people who want to have the opportunity to maybe head south a little earlier, maybe hit the hunting camp, or just because they want to be done with political season and (laughs) cast their ballot, they can do so in person. I think another thing that we should make sure of is anyone who currently has an absentee ballot at home that Mm -hmm. they need to mail back to our office. We really want to encourage them to get those in the mail soon. Today would be good. Today would be good because we do have to receive all ballots back to our office by election day in order for those to be counted. Okay. Now, what if someone is listening and go, oh, my goodness, I forgot. Can they drop those off in person as well? Yes, they can. Uh All those hours that I talked about that were open for early voting, they can also return their ballots that they received from our office at that point as well. Very good. Um, and, and of course, uh, it's easy to vote at the courthouse. I've done this myself ahead of time. You just walk in. Uh, there's a little paperwork. It's but- a little bit of paperwork. If you're voting early in Minnesota, our early voting is really, truly absentee voting. So you do have to fill out an application, but the application is just a few pieces of information, the same information you're giving to the poll workers on Election Day if you go into your precinct. So we're going to ask your name. We're going to ask your address, your date of birth, some of those same things. You have to sign a couple of forms, and we'll get you your ballot and instructions, and you can go ahead and get that voted. And for those who don't remember, uh, the uh, the no questions asked absentee voting ahead of time is really to accommodate those who, well, maybe their work schedule won't allow, even though employers are by law supposed to uh, let you go vote. I mean, for some, it's, it's an onerous thing to actually vote on. Uh, election day. On election day. Yeah. Yes. And so all voters in Crowing County from all of our 64 precincts have the opportunity to vote by absentee ballot for whatever reason. No excuses. Absentee voting came into play uh, over a decade ago now in Minnesota. And so the opportunity that anybody who wants to gets the choice to cast their absentee ballot. And Debbie, we're going to just bring it up because people are questioning due to circumstances currently um, about the safety of mail-in voting. Yes. Can you say something to that? Absolutely. So the mail voting, absentee voting, in-person voting. I want to assure every voter they are all equally as safe and all of their votes will be counted regardless of which way they choose to cast their ballot. One of the things for those who are voting by mail, there's a status tracker available online. If you go to mnvotes.gov, there's a link there that says 
track my absentee ballot. And you can actually put in your information, your personal information that only you would know. Mm-hmm. Put your information in. It will tell you when your ballot was sent. It will tell you when it was received back to our office and when the election judges have accepted that absentee ballot so that you can be assured that your vote has been counted. Very good. That's great to know. Yeah. So we always encourage anyone who does vote by mail, Mm -hmm. if they want that opportunity to ensure that their ballot has been received and counted, that they have that option to take advantage of that lookup tool. I know there's also a misnomer out there. Some people say, well, I received several absentee ballots in the mail. That can't happen. That doesn't happen. Uh, A lot of times people receive absentee ballot applications. And they come often with different political parties or uh, political action groups are sending out literature, they're sending out campaign information, and they include absentee ballot applications with that. It does look like it could be official. It looks like it could be coming from our office. It's not. It is being returned. They have already pre-printed the return address of our office to send that application in. But the only time you're ever going to get a ballot from any elections official in Minnesota is if it's been requested or applied for. It will say official ballot material. Mm-hmm. It has the little red swoop sign on the front that lets them know that that's what it is. One person, one ballot. So even if you make a mistake and you call and you request a new one or you lose your other ballot, whatever it might be, that ballot becomes what we call spoiled. It can no longer be used. It can no longer be verified. It can no longer be tracked. So that voter would not be able to return that ballot at that point. Very good. That's good to know. Yeah. Now, we, we know that a lot of people do like to vote on election Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Still I'm one of those. Got to go to the polls Still on the have day. to go to the polls on election day. And, <laughs> yep. you know, that is the option. And one of the great things that we have in Minnesota is we do have that ability to do that as well. All of our polling locations in Crow Wing County, the majority of them will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, November 8th. There are two exceptions. Daggett Brook Township opens at 10 a.m. and Fairfield Township opens at 8 a.m. But, excuse me, 10 a.m. and Daggett Brook opens at 8, Fairfield at 10. Okay. They uh, Otherwise, everybody is open until 8. Election judges will be available at those polling locations, and voters will have that opportunity to cast their ballot in person, just like they choose to do every election before. Are there a couple of changes as far as locations this year? Yes, good point. We do have a few precincts that are going to be voting in new locations, namely in the city of Brainerd and in unorganized territory. Um, We've said before, unorganized, such a misnomer in our situation (laughs) because it would technically be our third largest city or township if we were organized. But it's that area between the north side of Brainerd and Baxter up to Nisswa. And folks in those areas who technically used to vote at the Church on the Wise Road, at um, Living Word North Church, and at Crowing Power, they have all changed polling locations. Mm. And this was due to that redistricting process that we've talked about before. So those voters are now going to vote either at the Turn-In Poachers Building on Wise Road or at the Woods Event Center on County Road 3. That same link I mentioned before, mnvotes.gov, also has a poll finder. Where do I go to vote? And you just put in your address. It will tell you exactly where you need to go to vote. It will tell you uh, directions to get there if you have questions on it. And it will even give you a link for a sample ballot so you can see which candidates are going to be on your ballot before you get there. 
That's good. Our elections have been, uh, well, the whole politics thing is a little supercharged. There <laughs> Always. Are some, there are some things, though, that you should not do at the polling place, right? That's it's true. It's come to, you know, T-shirts and right. paraphernalia. Am I correct that? On is that? correct. So the law still says that there cannot be any campaigning, any um, political attire, any literature, anything like that within 100 feet of a polling place building. So if you're coming in to vote, um, do not wear any kind of clothing, buttons, hats, or anything that would have a candidate's name or a political party designation on it. Okay, good to know that. We have over 500 election judges who have been trained throughout working throughout Crow Wing County. These are the most dedicated people who are really committed to helping voters on election day. Mm-hmm. Polling places have to have party balance. Uh, that's one of the things that I don't know that everybody knows about is that those election judges that are serving in the polling place, some of them are serving with party designation. Some of them are serving as unaffiliated or independent judges. But the judges have to be balanced, which basically means there cannot be more of one political party than another being represented there. Hmm. So neutrality and fairness mm-hmm. is the key focus in a polling place. Okay. That's awesome. And they go through extensive training, too, don't they? They do. They have to get trained at least every two years. They have to have at least two hours of training. Um, our head judges typically have anywhere from three to five hours of training each year to make sure that they're up to speed on all of the rules and processes. And then our head judges also participate in our public testing processes, which we just completed last week as well. Okay. And thank you to those folks who have Absolutely. stepped up to do that. We, yes. That's how the system works. We need you and we thank you. In I, order to I have those you... in-person polling places, we need those election judges who are willing mm-hmm. to stamp up and do that. And right. I don't know, did we mention they're volunteers? They're volunteers. They're volunteering for this process. And when you think about patriots, right, and patriotism, of course it's our patriotic duty to go and vote. How about those folks that are helping us mm-hmm. to run a safe, secure, free, transparent election? How yeah. about those folks? Kudos. That fits my definition of patriotism. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, to uh, at the polling place, you fill out your ballot. It goes into a tabulator, right? Correct. That is correct. All of our ballots that are going to be counted at uh, our polling locations are fed into what's an optical scan tabulating system. Basically, if those of us who have a certain age, if you remember filling out the standardized test with the number two pencil and you had to (laughs) fill in the bubble, that's what we do when we go to vote. We're filling in the oval of the candidate of our choice. That tabulator is scanning those targets that were filled in with those ovals, and then those results are tabulated. Those machines are tested before every single election. We just completed that process last week. We had five testing sessions, completely open to the public, totally transparent process that lets anybody see how that process works. Um, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't really get much of a turnout for our public test. Uh, our election judges took the time to come and test the machines for their precincts, and out of five sessions, we only had three folks who showed up. So I, I really, if, if people have questions or concerns about election technology, I invite them to come and ask me or show up for those trainings and those testing processes that really do show how safe and secure they are. And Debbie, for those that need to register on the day of the elections, what do they need to bring? Yes, good point, Tess. Um, the easiest way to do it is if your driver's license has your Minnesota address on it that you where you live, that is the easiest thing to bring with you on election day. Mm-hmm. In Minnesota, you're not required to show ID just to turn up and vote if you are a pre-registered voter. However, if you do need to register, you will need to have 
have some form of identification and a proof of the residence of where you are. So if your driver's license does not have the address where you live, you can also bring a document like a cell phone bill or a utility bill or something that would have that address along with another form of photo ID. Uh, There are seven different ways that you can register to vote in Minnesota. MNVotes.gov has a whole list and a fact sheet of exactly what you would need to bring if you do need to register. Okay. Could someone register today? They can still register today. However, they would have to register again at the polls on Election Day because there is a 20-day cutoff to be considered a pre-registered voter. Uh, Got it. Okay. Very good. I've played this game with Debbie many times. (laughs) Stump Stump the dummy. Stump the election judge. Um, And for your listeners' benefit, there's no notes sitting in front of her. There's no nothing. She's just doing it off the top of her head. We're really blessed to have an election official in Crow Wing County who is so knowledgeable about the system that they can just off the top of their head answer these sort of, you know, mm-hmm. inside baseball questions. Yep. Yeah. Um, that ought, I hope gives the public some assurances that um, we've got this under control, that yeah. we yep. know what we're doing, and that there is a free, fair, and transparent election that will be occurring uh, less than a week from today in yeah. Crow County. So just yeah. encourage your listeners to get out and vote. And, yeah, and Debbie, fun. you talked about uh, testing them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Then, don't you... We audit. Yes. We audit after the fact, too. And I think that's even a more important piece of it. You know, I think the fact that we do do the testing ahead of time, you have your election day after the election, we're going to do an audit. Nobody knows which precincts are going to get audited yet because it's not really much of an audit if we tell you what we're going to audit mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, yep. So after the election is over, when the county canvas board meets, they're going to draw four precincts this year that we will hand count election judges from those precincts that served. We'll hand count the ballots for the races of governor and U.S. representative, for our congressperson and for governor. And they will hand count those ballots in those four precincts to verify against what the machine totals were to prove that the equipment does do exactly what it's supposed to do. Awesome. We've never failed an audit. We've had post-election audits since the mid-2000s in Minnesota. Um, We have had everything from 48 precincts that had to be, or 48 ballots to be counted to almost 2,000 ballots to be counted, Mm. depending on the precincts. And we've never, ever been off by anything. That's great. Yeah. That's a pretty good good record. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else we should One last thing I just want uh, listeners to know is that if anybody's interested in results, you know, everybody wants to go and vote, but then we also want to know what was the outcome. Heck what are yeah. the results of the election? Uh, you can visit our website at crowwing.us. Uh, there will be a link on the homepage there to our election results page on election night. We do expect results probably will not be reported until sometime right around 9.30, 10 o'clock, most likely. Mm-hmm. Even though the polls close at 8 o'clock, those election judges have a lot of work to do after the polls close. Yes. They have to reconcile the numbers to make sure that they are accounting for every ballot that was sent out to the polling place has to be sent back. They have write-ins that have to be counted in certain races. There mm-hmm. are different things that have to occur at those polling places before they can be returned. And our judges who are working on the absentee ballot board have to finish that work 
for those absentee ballot precincts because we only report election results once both the polling place and absentee results have been reported. Wow. Okay. Then you get one precinct total for each precinct. So keep an eye on that website. We'll get them reported as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. But we're expecting probably 930 would be our earliest with results. Okay. All right. Two websites to remember, mnvotes.gov and growing.us. Those are the ones. <laughs> All your questions can be answered. <laughs> Very good. Well, you just answered a lot of them and for us. And if not, they can you. also feel free to call our office if someone needs additional assistance. Um, eight two, excuse me, 824-1051 is our elections line. And we have a lot of people there that can help you with that. Any questions that you have. Great. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Tim, before we let you go, uh, real quick, uh, uh, the county got another very prestigious award, did it not? Uh Yes, it is the Triple Crown Award from the Government Finance Officers Association. And what it means is that we have received a certificate of achievement for excellence in, one, financial reporting. So if anybody is suffering from insomnia, you can go and read our (laughs) annual comprehensive financial (laughs) report. But we have been certified as producing an excellent one. Uh, The popular annual financial report, which is more of a two-page graphically graphic summary of the full uh, uh, financial report. So it's a way to present it in a easier-to-digest way. Yes. We've got a, a, the achievement for excellence in that, and we also got the achievement for the Distinguished Budget Presentation Award for the fiscal year ending in 2020. I want to put that into some perspective. There are only four Minnesota counties who received the Triple Crown Award. I'm confident in telling you the other three are in the metro. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just awesome. 317 governments of any type uh, across the country who received the three uh, designation award. Wow. There's more than 89,000 governments nationwide. Put that into perspective. One wow. of 317 out of 89,000 governments. It is really a reflection of the fact that it is our priority to make sure that the public can see and understand, mm-hmm. be transparent about what it is that we do and the quality and financial reporting. This is sort of like the good housekeeping seal of approval. Yes. Now I'm dating myself yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> for our financial work. Uh, and that is the, to the credit of Debbie and her staff as well. Um, really capable financial folks that we have working at Crow Wing County. And here's uh, hopefully that gives your listeners some sense of comfort that mm-hmm. what we're putting out there is an accurate reflection of what's going on. Yeah. And I yeah. want to just add, this is about the ninth time in 10 years that we actually have received all three awards. That's right. They just mm-hmm. now have started calling it the Triple Crown mm-hmm. uh, to, to give that real kind of special designation mm-hmm. to it. But mm-hmm. the only year we have not received it over the last decade was basically when we had all new financial department staff within a very short period of time and we needed some assistance in preparing the budget booklet. Yeah. We needed an extension. Not yeah. even assistance. We just needed a little extra time right. because there's a lot of work that goes into the number of hours for all three of these documents. So it's a great reflection of that work that's done mm-hmm. and another opportunity for our residents and our visitors to Crowing County to see the transparency that is in government. Mm-hmm. Any financial questions that you have about how our business operates, it's all right there for anybody to see. Fantastic. The landfill uh, went to winter hours, so don't make a Saturday trip out. Okay, very uh, good. Monday through Friday now, <laughs> until April. All right. Good to know. Hey, wonderful information here today. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks Thank for having you. us. We Thank really you both. appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Tim Houle is the Crow Wing County Administrator. 
And Debbie Erickson is the Crow Wing County Administrative Services Director. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime. They're on our website at 1067wjjy.com. You can always listen through our free downloadable app as well. That's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.